And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to more Home Improvement Talk. If you have any kind of a home improvement project you need some help on or any other home improvement questions, you can call that in or text it in, whichever is easier. Same number, 651-989-9226. Good morning to you, Andy Lindis. Good morning, Denny. How are you today? I'm doing well. I hope you are, too. Yeah, life's few- good, man. Life is good. You better believe it. Uh, you uh, kind of ensconced in uh, your home for Thanksgiving, I presume, you and the family? Yeah. You know, uh, my wife actually flew down to Georgia earlier this week and was driving back with my son from college. He just uh, finished his last final. So they're on their way back. I'm, uh, we're going to have a nice little small Thanksgiving and maybe get a little deer hunting in. And uh, I know my honey-do list, uh, I've been promising uh, <laughs> upstairs flooring remodel and that has to happen over the next couple uh three weeks tell us about that what 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 do you have to do with that list? it's the last yeah. carpet in my house denny it's the the last chunk of carpet in my house is going to get removed and we're going to be putting down bamboo you like bamboo don't you you know i've had good luck with it and durability is a big thing for me uh it's also a very sustainable wood so and uh, i just had really good luck with it and you know we were pretty hard on on things around my house i have a lot of canines and kids running around and uh we live in our house so sometimes i'm running in and out and i might not be the best at taking my shoes off all the time and i'm telling you denny the way that uh bamboo floors held up on our kitchen looking like it did the day we installed it it's got to be i don't know seven eight years now it, I'm really impressed. Haven't I haven't even thought about having to refinish it? I know I can do that at least once. Uh, you've talked about that in years past in other shows. And what is it when when somebody you or or a, a builder puts in a bamboo floor? Is it the same process as let's say a white oak or you know the usual wood floor? Is it this is this a different type of uh, process? Well, um, I can tell you this: you're going to go through a lot more saw blades. Uh, well, one thing I noticed when working with it, it's, I don't know, I forget how many thousand times harder than oak. It's like 3,000 times harder than oak, something like that, Denny. It's, it's, it's a very dense times? wood. It's like, it's, it's thousand, two thousand, three thousand. I can oh, look yeah. it up, I'm sure, uh, and find out the exact, but it, it's, it's many times stronger than oak and it's way heavier than any of the other woods that I've worked with. And I just noticed cutting it and, and sometimes the, if, if you didn't have the, the air gun set exactly where it should, the nails wouldn't go in. So it is a little bit more difficult to work with, but I think that's, that's the nice part of why it's so durable. And it, and now I have some concrete floors and you know how you get fatigue when you're on concrete on, yes. on a regular basis. And I thought that would be similar being how hard this wood is, but we haven't noticed that at all. Wow. <laughs> I'm just looking at a text that uh, this has nothing to do with home improvement, I would say. But they said, did you know you can buy bamboo toilet paper? Hmm. Now, I, uh, the imaging there is something else. I don't think I want to go there, but uh, that's interesting. I think I have read that before. So that uh, there is a process that uh, you can make paper products out of bamboo. Why not, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, hey, I was a little far. I was a little off. Uh, I'm getting some text, and I'm looking it up here. It's only okay. a few times stronger than oak, but it is stronger than oak. So I might have exaggerated there a bit, Denny. Well, that's fine. Uh, I, I can tell you, uh, compared to my other hardwood floor, it was about four times as heavy. Wow. Unbelievable. And you do go through some saw blades with that, huh? I did, and you know I'm kind of a cheapo on the saw blades, and and when you use a good saw blade, 
you, you just know the difference. And that was a, a project that, that led me down a path to much better saw blades than I was using. If you want to call in your home improvement question, that's fine. Otherwise, uh, send a text. It is the same number, 651-989-9226. I'm not familiar with this. Our whole home HRV heat recovery ventilator unit's a good value. I have no idea what that is. Whole home heat recovery unit. Heat recovery ventilator. Ventilator. You know... Mm. Again, something I, I'm, I'm not quite familiar with, but uh, that's the nice part about this show. We get questions like this that uh, I, do. I, I think I learn as much as as anyone when we're doing this, Denny. There's always once something that stumps me, and, and uh, once you learn it, you, you know it. I wonder if it's part of a geothermal uh, situation. Don't know. Yeah, it could be, you know, what I'm thinking of, it's a recovery unit. That's one of the down draws on in-floor heat or geothermal. It's the the how how fast you can raise the temperature and how fast you can actually lower the temperature. You know, uh, with, with in-floor heat, you're relying on the entire floor surface being your heating unit. And that, that floor, once it's warm, is going to take, depending on the material that it is and, and, and how cold it is outside, it might take a long time for that to cool down. So you're going to get that residual heat, even if your heat, if even if your tubes aren't pumping the hot water through the floor anymore. Sometimes I know... Uh, if uh, if I get uh, a little crazy in my garage and I bump it way up, it might take a day for it to come down 10 degrees or like even at our hockey rink. That's all in-floor heat in our locker rooms. And every now and then a kid will just crank it up to 80 because they're cold. And it might take two days for it to come back down to 60, Denny. Holy man, two days. It's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Once once that, that heat is in that cement, as long as it's not very cold outside, it'll it'll hold that heat for a very long time. Now, where, where in your home, if I may ask, do you have in-floor heating? I have in-floor heating in my basement, uh, partially in part of my basement. When we put the new addition on, uh, well, better part of 25 years ago now, Denny, we put an electric in-floor heat down there. And in my shed, I have in-floor heat throughout there. And my parents' place, we have in-floor heat there. And any home that we've built in the last, uh, I don't know, decade or so for anyone, um, more than likely has in-floor heat in it. We just, it's, it's a very efficient way to go. And I'm telling you, uh, like out in my shed, it's uh, that boiler does all of the heating and it, it runs all the hot water out there. It's a, it's kind of a nice feature. I guess. Let's grab a phone call, uh, Andy. I think Karen is calling in from St. Paul this morning. Karen, you are on with Andy Lindis. Okay, thank you. Um, Andy, here's my question. We, are, we live in a home that was built in 1925. Um, we would like to replace some of the windows. We're looking at doing window inserts because we have nice wood in our home. Is that a good choice? Uh, no. Oh, um, okay. You know the wood can be can be matched uh, when, when it comes to, especially a home that's ni- built in 1925. You got to think um, a lot of your window inefficiencies are going to be on the install that was done. They didn't have the butyl tape back then. We weren't spray foaming around the the, the frame or the extension jams, and and that wood can be matched. So when it comes to replacing windows, I think inserts is something that you do on a rental property or when price point is is a big thing. It's maybe not something you're going to be in very long, but when it comes to the overall health of the home, how it's going to work, and, and, and making sure you're getting the most energy efficient window you possibly can, a full frame install is, is the way to go. In fact, I, I make it so that the pricing for us is very similar because I know that when we do insert windows, my service work 
and the satisfaction of my customers is is so low, I really don't want to do it. So I, I, I try to explain to people that this is we, we only do this when we absolutely have to because you're not addressing water infiltration and air infiltration, which is usually the problem with the windows. Okay. Alrighty. Great. That's good to know. Thank you so much. No problem. All right, thank you for the call. And that, uh, there was a line open if you want to chat with Andy or send a text like some folks are doing. We have to take a break here. But let me give you the phone number and the text number again, 651-989-9226 for your home improvement question for Andy Lindis here in the Home Improvement Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show. We are around uh, every Saturday here on CCO in the 9 o'clock hour. Thanks to our friends at Lindus Construction, I-L-I-N-D-U-S, 1-800-LEAFGUARD if you want to get in uh, touch with uh, those good folks. Andy Lindus answering your questions by phone and by text. Again, same number, 651-989-9226. Speaking of phones, Andy, let's go to Rochester. I think Mike is there to uh, ask you a question. Mike, go ahead. Andy is listening. Hey, good morning, Andy. Good show. We, we really appreciate it. We're doing a slab-on grade remodel on a concrete floor, and we're looking at uh, deciding between a 716th engineered hardwood uh, product by Owens that's epoxy down, and that versus uh, two layers of half-inch plywood glued uh, uh, different directions and then true hardwood put on top of that. We're concerned about the engineered hardwood uh, epoxying, uh, epoxying it to the floor. We're concerned about some oil canning down the road. Any concerns there? Uh, yeah, I, I would be concerned. And that's one of the things with, with that floor, that engineered floor being so thin, when, when you put it in and epoxy it, if it's not done perfect, you could get some oil canning. Um, the reason why they're doing that when you when you don't because it's so thin, you're going to get a lot of popping and movement when you walk on it. You're going to be much better off with option two, and you're going to be able to refinish that hardwood floor. So when you think down the road, think 15 years down the road trying to pull up epoxied engineered wood that you can't – maybe you some of those engineered wood you can refinish it once. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not as familiar with that product, but – and then you have to redo that floor versus where an actual true hardwood floor, you could refinish it numerous times. Yeah, this one's thick enough where they claim you could do the the initial sand and then maybe one or two more. But uh, still, the concern is just the oil canning. They say if it does oil can, they can drill a hole and shoot some epoxy under it. But again, that's the concern is just uh, getting it getting it to the floor properly. Yeah, you know, and when they have fixes like that, it usually tells you that it's been a problem in the past. You know, and especially if the floor isn't perfect, I, I just think, could it be a nice floor? Could it be a great way to go? Yeah. And I'm guessing it's a little bit less expensive than the true hardwood? Uh, not not much of a difference, within 10%. Okay, it, yeah. Then then the, the, that makes it an easier decision in my eyes. Okay. But I, I'm partial to actual hardwood. I, I really am over all the engineered floors. And I've been on... A wide variety of them, and and a wide not not just just engineered wood from the Pergo stuff to you name it, and and they're nice and they're okay, but nothing compares to actual hardwood. Nothing is as good as real hardwood, um, in, in my eyes. And I put bamboo in that category when I when I install bamboo, it's actual bamboo three quarter inch planks. Oh, it sounds like good stuff. I have a question. What's <laughs> what's oil canning? Oil canning is, you see it, 
especially in longer sections of flooring, siding, roofing, and what happens is where where the fasteners go onto the floor, if if it's lower in one spot than others, it's going to look wavy. So oil canning, mm. uh, metal roofing is is probably the worst material on on houses or any buildings for oil canning. But you ever look up at a metal roof and you see those ripples on it? That's usually because that material is moving. It's expanding and contracting, and when it gets to those points where it can't expand, that's why sometimes you'll hear popping sounds happening, and that's the pressure releasing. But when it can't release, it actually starts to bind. That's why on on really long runs, sometimes with our metal roofing, Denny, we're going to install a foam backer rod down mm. the middle of the panel, and that'll cup the panel a little bit and really alleviates any type of oil canning. And with our panel of metal roofing, there's actually two strength ribs that go down the middle of it as well. So couple that with the backer rod, it really uh, eliminates a lot of the oil canning. That's that's mainly where we're seeing oil canning. Flooring, it's not as big of an issue. Some of the engineered flooring I, I've heard have some issues on that, and obviously this company has a fix for it, so it's been an issue, but it's uh, it's – it's an aesthetic thing. It's usually not something that's going to make it last less or deteriorate faster, but it's it's just all about the look. I'm going to ask you to help me on this one. Uh, Texter says, we moved into a townhome six months ago, and three years prior, these shingles were replaced. We had hail four weeks ago, and the insurance company said the shingles were defective when installed. Uh, we are the second owners. What are ch- our chances to get them replaced? I guess they're called... Tamco shingles? I, I haven't heard of those. Have you? Mm-hmm. It's on the cheaper uh, realm of shingles, and that's why a lot of times uh, that's what gets used in these townhome associations. Uh, what I would do if you're in the Twin Cities is have us come out. We're really good at dealing with insurance companies in a very pleasant way. We really have no arguments with insurance adjusters. If there truly is damage, we're going to find out, and I find it hard that it's a shingle defect that's three years old. So now I don't know if you have to deal with your association to have us come out and take a look at it, but we'll, we'll gladly work with your entire association or just you, and, and we'll, we'll see what we can do to make happen for you. But we have people that are experts in dealing with storm damage. What is actual storm damage? How to identify storm damage? And how to work in the most professional manner possible with all sorts of different insurance companies. But have you I, heard I the, this, Denny. This, this is what we're dealing with right now. I honestly hmm. think that a lot of these insurance companies on this last storm have just realized that none of this work is going to get done that they're looking at right now until spring. So they're mailing it in. If our biggest problem is right now is adjusters seem to have left for the winter mm. and we can't get them to, it's leading to a lot of frustration because there's a timeline from the day of the storm to when, it, when, it, when you have to get stuff done. Now that's two years for most insurance companies, but I'm telling you, you know, it, it, that that time goes by a lot faster. Every time there's one of these storms, Danny, it gets to that two-year mark, and I got people calling me saying, I got two weeks to replace my roof, otherwise I don't get my money. And they're in, oh. and it's, in a, it's an emergency mode. And so I'm I'm getting a little frustrated, and I've put out some phone calls to some insurance companies, some of the bigger ones, uh, to try to move things along. But it, uh, it's been a frustrating fall, to say the least. Besides the, the that insurance issue is have there been we haven't talked about this has there been uh, have there been many storm chasers in neighborhoods around CCOLAND that you're aware of? You know, um, yes and and no. Um, if there is, 
how do I put this the right way? There's one bright spot with uh, COVID in 2020, Denny. It's the, hmm. the seems to have put a, a little bit of a slowdown on the door-to-door people coming from out of state to knock on doors. You know, um, yeah. It's just uh, it seems to it's not as prevalent as it used to be. Not to say that's not happening, and then it's a little scary that it still does. But it uh, if there is a bright spot, those those have tools while travel guys don't seem to be traveling as far. It's slowed down. That's good. Uh, I want to alert Angie. You're going to be next up here after the break in our forecast. So stay there on the phone. If you have a question for Andy Lindis, home improvement type, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. We'll take this break. Be back with more here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show here on 830 WCCO. We are here thanks to our friends at Lindis Construction every Saturday in the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Andy Lindis fielding your questions as usual today. If you have that kind of a, a home improvement type of question, call it in or text it in. Again, same number, 651-989-9226. Andy, let's go to the phones. We promised that Angie would be next in uh, Brooklyn Park. Angie, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Andy Lindis? Hi, Andy. Thanks for taking my call. Um, So I live in a home in Brooklyn Park. It's built in the 70s, and I have a very squeaky floor. So I have tried, um, like, the scored screws, if you will, with the tripod and finding the joists and trying to, you know, secure the flooring. However, it seemed like it made it worse. So I lifted up the carpet the other day, and it looks like it's not, and forgive me, I probably don't know the correct names of the wood, but it looks like it's a particle board, maybe, versus plywood does that sound about right for a 1970s home yeah it could be i don't know maybe the subfloor was installed wrong or it was the right wrong type of subflooring so you you pulled up all the carpet you're redoing the flooring no i wasn't redoing the flooring i pulled it up so i could just see what was underneath there Uh and just make sure i was actually on a joist um and it also looks like there might have been um some water damage to the floor because in areas of this what i'm going to call i guess particle board it swelled up Mm -hmm. and so i'm not able to get rid of the squeaks is that going to be a whole i guess maybe floor replacement as far as the wood is concerned yeah possibly or there's going to be a small overlay that that you can do when you when you pull up the entire carpet um i doubt you're gonna have to replace everything but you might be putting in a a plywood over the top after you refasten everything to the to the joists and replace any of the swollen or rotten wood that's in there the problem with that swollen rotten wood it's going to move nothing's gonna those fasteners aren't holding so every time you step on a joist and something moves it's going to get worse and worse and worse no matter how many more screws you put in it yeah and that's that feels like what's happened or what has happened yeah it might be time to get a, an actual a flooring person out to do do an inspection and i know one of the things that, that that we have when we go around houses we have we have different tools that we can use that are pretty innovative that we can go into walls and check out moisture levels and we have cameras that we can put into certain areas to really check out what's going on before we start to tear into anything but uh, if you've already torn up your carpet and you're seeing part of that you might want to take a look at redoing that that is frustrating though those squeaks. It is. <laughs> really are. All right. Good luck, Angie. Thanks for the call. 651-989-9226. Uh, here's a text, Andy, that says, we have a new construction home that includes a large island between the kitchen and living room. The floor around the large island is very bouncy, they say. We have addressed that with the builder. They say, well, everything's up to code and installed correctly. Uh, texter says, is there anything I can do to reduce the bouncing 
on the floor. Flooring questions today, it seems. Yeah, I wonder. I'd like to know what type of flooring it is. Sometimes yeah. those, the, the bouncy floors are like those snap lock ones that, you know, you're just kind of nailing on the edges, it seems like. Um, those ones mm-hmm. seem to have a lot more movement than other ones. If it's not a flooring like that or not like a manufactured floor, it could be a fastener issue. And maybe they weren't able to fasten it uh, next to the island. Maybe there wasn't as, as, as much to grab onto there or to fasten to. I'm not sure. Not really taking a look at it. Um, I hate the excuse. It's everything's to code. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, 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 that just drives me nuts. It's, that's the bare minimum. And, and, and if the floor is bouncy and it's a brand new house, yeah, you know, you might want to address it. But it could be that that's just the way that material is. And and sometimes when planks aren't all the same length or, or whatever, I, without knowing the exact material of the floor, Denny, it's really tough to give them a good answer. No, it's true. I, I wish they uh, they would maybe they may send a another text to uh, clarify that. Yeah, because we'd really like to know what material that is on that floor that makes it so uh, bouncy, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a, a tough one, and I, I'm not sure if it's a matter of a territorial thing, but. And we get this once in a while, as you know. This text says, good morning. Do you know of a good solution to prevent birds from colliding into windows? Texters tried the static window clings and also the lines four inches apart inside the window with uh, fewer collisions, but still many birds get hurt. Uh, that's a tough one because I I think in many cases, maybe not always, that it's it's a territorial thing for these uh, some of these birds. I don't know how... Uh, I don't. We've never had that issue here at our house. I'm not sure if any people have had uh, uh, good luck with whatever they've tried. We'd like to hear that. Have you ever seen that issue? Um, you know, I, I've seen the issue. Uh, I've never heard of a great solution. Yeah, all that stuff does reduce it, but sometimes if a bird sees his own reflection, his or her own reflection, um, that is a territorial thing. They're 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 purposely, especially if they're doing it over and over. I had a robin earlier this year that there's eight windows along this one side. They're all the same. It's all the way up at the top. They're just dead lights, though they're not operating at all. They're three foot by three foot wide, two foot high. That robin went from window to window to window and attacked himself, his own mm-hmm. reflection, for a whole half a day. I thought he was going to knock himself out, but he never did. Um, and But every one of those windows is dirty robin marks all the way down it. I haven't quite gotten up there to clean them yet on the outside. One of these days I'll get after it, but... I'm reminded of, of it every time I look up there. So like you said, it's a it's a territorial thing. Even if you put the little hangy things up there, they see the reflection, they're going to go a little bonkers. <laughs> That's frustrating. All right. Texter says, can you, and we, again, another flowing question, can you use real wood over uh, with uh, in-floor heat? Yeah. Yep, I'm sitting on one right now. I'm actually at my parents' place. Uh, they have hickory wood floors with in-floor heat. How does that work? How, how is that installed underneath that? I mean, what, what's the process, if you could explain that? Well, my brother Alex, there's, there's two ways. So the in-floor heat here, when they built the house, they actually have the tubing that's into the concrete. It's a slab-on-grade home. Um, and then the, the hickory hardwood went over the top of that. And, you know, it doesn't radiate as nice as, like, tile does, but it still does a really good job heating the entire place. Um, my brother Alex has one of those engineered uh, floors. I believe it was a lumber liquidators type floor where, you know, a snap lock. And he has it, like I, I go into his basement, that flooring, it's gotten better over the years, but when you first put it in, it really did bounce and move. But he had an electric mat that he rolled out and then hooked up and, and then installed the flooring. 
That's why he went with that that engineered wood because you're not putting the fasteners through it. All right. I'd like to have that someday. Maybe someday. Let's go to the phones. Andy Craig is calling in from Buffalo uh, this morning. Craig, you are on with Andy Lindis. Hey, good morning, guys. I got a question. Uh, I put up an addition on my two-car garage. I added a second two-car garage, and in there I have uh, the cathedral trusses, 13 feet in the middle, 9-foot sidewalls, and I've had that completely spray foam insulated. Now in my old garage, there's no insulation in the ceiling, and the trusses are still exposed. I wonder if I should use the spray foam insulation on the underside of the roof sheathing in there, or if I should just sheetrock, poly, and use the standard batting insulation. Well, so, so your other, the cathedral ceilings, are that's spray foam right to the roof deck? Yes, sir. So what type of ceiling are your, and these are just regular trusses in the other garage? Yes. And so, the, the main question is, due to the cost, uh, I, I wonder if it's necessary to use the spray foam in the old garage or just go with the standard traditional type of insulation. Are they, is it one heating unit that heats the entire place? Yes, sir. Um, well, I wouldn't do bats. If you're going to do anything, blow in like a, an R50, R60 of cellulose. One oh, of the, right. the, one of the, right on top of the sheet rock. Right on top of the sheet rock. You're going to have to put poly down and so you have a vapor right. barrier. Um, yep, yep. And, and price that out and then, and then look at what the spray foam would cost there and, and then make that decision for you. Then, but, uh, yeah. I, it seems yeah. like if I was going to do the spray foam, I'm going to actually be paying to heat that upper area of the garage, the old garage. That would be kind of senseless to me, but it was suggested. Yeah, um, but maybe when, so you put up the sheetrock, you put up the poly, and yep. then you just spray foam that. And then maybe it's just a skim coat of, a skim coat of spray foam, and then you put in... So you just uh, yeah. put down an inch and a half of spray foam, so you got your air sealing, and then you blow in insulation over the top of that. That's I'd price it out both ways that way. That way, okay. you're when you when you get it all said and done, the amount of square footage that you're actually heating is is, is going to be a little bit smaller than spraying the ceiling. So I, I get you there, but for me, I'd want the exact price of all three options, and then that's going to help me make my decision. All right, I tell you what, uh, Andy. I know we have to take a break, but uh, Lisa in South St. Paul has been waiting in the wings there to ask you a question. Let's. Uh, Grab that call. Lisa, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Andy? Yes, hi. Thank you. Um, this week I had some popcorn ceiling removed, and the company left the wet tarp on the floor for the four days, and I didn't notice it until they left that my laminate wood floor, which was in mint condition, now has a lot of warping, and mm. the seams are puckering, and it's oh, blistering boy. in certain areas on the floor. I don't know how to get it repaired because I don't have any extra laminate to um, put there and then what kind of damage it would do to the surrounding areas that are still in good condition. Oh, my. What do you think, Andy? Well, um, I can tell you how my company would, would handle it. If we damage something while installing something, we're going to pay for it to get fixed. It's just 
what what happened. So I would I would be working with the, the company that did the popcorn ceiling and then working with the flooring company and coming up with some type of compromise to get it back the way it was. So, I mean, you get some work done in your house, you, you deserve to have it done the way you wanted to. Unintended consequences, stuff happens. I get that. Now it's... It's time to put the pieces back together and, and go from there. But you might want to get a professional. You may be still able to get that, that exact same laminate flooring. Uh, if it was mint condition, I'm assuming it wasn't very old. And maybe you can get some boards to replace it. The nice part about that laminate flooring, it you can take it up pretty quick and put it down pretty quick, depending on, on what type of laminate flooring it actually is. So you might have it might not be as bad or as big of a deal as you think it is, but it's something that uh, I would at least start exploring and go from there. Yeah, the removal of those popcorn ceilings is really a sloppy job, sloppy work uh, for sure. And obviously there, there was a lot of leakage there underneath that uh, poly. So the, the best to you. Right, I'll tell you what, let's do this. I'm going to alert Ginger. You're going to be next on the phone. Uh, don't go away. We'll take this quick break and be right back with more home improvement talk here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And back to Home Improvement Chat here every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour, thanks to Linda's Construction. Andy Linda's uh, helping us out today. Uh, Andy, we have callers, we have texters. Let's see how uh, many we can help out before you take your leave. Uh, Ginger, next up here, calling from Sleepy Eye, where my wife was born. Ginger, what is your question? Yes, hi. Um, We got some paint on our vinyl siding, and I took some goof off to get the paint off, but it took some of the paint from the siding off, too, so it's lighter there. Mm-hmm. Can you paint vinyl siding? Yes, you can. And and that's one of the, the, the biggest problems about it's, it. I doubt you took any of the paint off. Um, the finish is through that color, but you took some of the oxid, uh, oxidization off. I'm not pronouncing that right, but there's some some normal wear and tear that that happens in it so that where where you clean the paint off you clean that siding and it can give it a polka dot look and there you there might be able to hire a cleaning company and have the entire house cleaned that way um before painting it you know just uh and and give that a shot but um yeah you you could paint vinyl siding but by the time you go through that expense and what vinyl siding costs you might want to look at if it's really bothering you, at least uh, before you go through the whole process, get some prices on what new siding would be on your house and what some of the options would be. Yeah, good idea. All right, let's, uh, yeah, we have time for another call. Pete, I think, is calling in from Osceola, Wisconsin. Pete, you're on with Andy Lindis. Good morning. How do you do? Thank you for uh, your program. I enjoy it every week. Thanks, um, thanks man. I'm uh, considering buying a property that has a garage on it that, that we uh, may want to convert into a living space. And uh, if, uh, if the plan works, uh, the idea is to uh, just break up the existing cement slab, um, install uh, in-floor heat and a, a new, new slab and install the plumbing, of course, at, at the same time. Um, my question is, uh, uh, does that process sound like it might work, number one? Number two, I don't know for sure yet, but I don't believe that this uh, slab is built on uh, frost footings. And is that a problem when you're adding you know, plumbing and, and the heating facilities and the floor, that, that movement of the slab, uh, does that get to be problematic? It shouldn't be very problematic. So is this going to be like an investment property or something you're looking at moving into? Uh, moving into. Okay. Um, I would 
as you're going through the process, at least sit down with the contractor and and go through what those expenses are and make make sure. I'd hate for you to buy this property and think you can do everything, and then it ter- turns out it's going to cost you a lot more than what you initially had thought. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like a doable thing, um, but it's something that for me, if it was my company, I'd want to inspect it and actually put numbers to it before I gave you any real solid advice that this is going to be the best way to go and you're going to be able to convert this into anything you want. Having said that, where there's a will, there's a way. There's usually a, 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 an, an absolute way to do what you're saying, um, no matter what's going on with that project. This is something mm-hmm. that uh, this is if there's something that we specialize in. It's projects like this. We don't do a lot of new con, but we remodel old houses. We take old houses and things that you didn't think that could turn into something very awesome. That's that's what we do. We take it and and turning into uh, something that looks brand new. All right, very good. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate the call. I was just looking at a text, uh, Andy. It says this, back to the hail damage question. Do you, meaning you or Linda's, find that some insurance companies are far less likely to approve claims than other insurance companies? How would you tackle that one? Uh, Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into naming names. Um, A good rule of thumb is if if you can sing their jingle, they know how to play the game a lot better than some of the smaller ones. And some of the smaller ones, they just rely on customer service and word of mouth to, to really to, to take care of their customers. So when storm happens, they, 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 they step up and, and do what's right. I can tell you, um, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but one insurance company, in particular in Minnesota, Chuba. Chubb? And... Um, and the military uh, insurance that it's off the, off the top of my head. Both of them. USAA. Fan, yeah, yeah. Fantastic to work with. Easy to work with. Adjusters are awesome. And you just get the sense that they have the customer's best interest at heart no matter what. They never seem burnt out. They never seem like it's just one after another. They're... It don't seem like I run into triage people. What I mean by that is out-of-state uh, adjusters, which when big storms happen, those are needed. You have to have those type adjusters coming in, but it does seem local and, and easier to work with. And and NOAA Insurance out of western Wisconsin, uh, you know, they're a smaller independent insurance agent that, that, that uses a bunch of different insurance companies. But they're one that I know that when, when I call them, no matter what insurance company is, they're going to go to bat for the customer. It's just they're easy to work with than, than other ones. When when I have those two to go go to, it's usually, if there is damage, it's a no-brainer, and it's going to be a very easy process. All right. We've got about 30 seconds, Andy. Attached heated garage, texture says, walls insulated, sheetrocked, ceiling sheetrocked, not insulated. Uh, should I put a vapor barrier before insulating yes. ceiling? Yes. Yes, is the answer. All yep. right. I know we have to run here, but uh, give us the – I know we got some great offers on, uh, what is it, 50% off labor, in, in installation labor. Yeah, and the installation of Infinity Windows, Season Guard Windows, GAF Asphalt Roofing, LP Smart Side, and, of course, Leaf Guard Gutters. And how do we get in touch with you guys? 1-800-LEAFGUARD. Look us on the web, lindisconstruction.com. And, of course, uh, just type in Lindis on any social media. You should be able to find us. Excellent. Andy, happy Thanksgiving to the whole Lindis crews and family. And, and uh, stay safe, and let's talk again next uh, Saturday. What do you say? Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Denny. All right. Thank you, Andy. Andy Lindis. Yeah, if you want to get in touch, if you want to get on the web, uh, very easy to find, L-I-N-D-U-S, lindisconstruction.com, or call them, 1-800-LEAFGUARD, and join us next week for more Hope Improvement Chat here on 830-WCCO.